Hello and welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast talking Wait, I wasn't ready. Entertainment news and reviews. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host. Uh, and we're joined by our, our <laughs> guest again for this week. Guys, I'm still here. You're still here. It's been a whole week. <laughs> a whole week. His, we can't get rid of you. His wife's been texting us trying to trying to ask when he's coming back, when we're letting him go back. We're, yeah. we're, we're not. We let him out for, for five minutes of daylight. Um, right around sunset. Well, she hasn't been texting us. She's been texting him, but we took his phone. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Send We've help. We've been responding for him. I'm not sure why they let me on the internet for this. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what's going to happen is we're going to l- release you before this comes out. Yep. Oh, okay. It's well, never coming a, out. That's really it's never oh, coming out. Because we're not giving you your computer to edit this. Exactly. We stopped okay. at 275. Yep. <laughs> well then for our, our whichever descendants uncover this ancient unreleased episode um remember me batman by mm-hmm. the way that's me i'm here also <laughs> uh gauge matt what should people do oh shit nice oh man way to go <laughs> saving the podcast already like subscribe and tell a friend uh be sure to check us out on tiktok at just us losers pod where i get to say this in person but gauge takes the the least bad two minutes of us and uh, assembles it into semi-coherent form mm-hmm. so it's really really something i do my polishing, best polishing our particular turds yeah i know we've used that metaphor quite a bit but it's an effective one yeah mm-hmm. inaccurate yep gauge preston what you been up to Oh, I have been up to so many things since the last time you're on. We're going to talk about yeah. all of them. I want everything that you've watched, played, read since we, since we have I'm since gonna, been on. I'm going to settle in. Wake me in the morning. Good thing I, I brought a list. Let me open up my Word document. Scroll down to page 37. I'll work from the bottom up. Okay. <laughs> the most recent first. Um, so should I talk about the one I finished? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I have seen Ant-Man Quantumania. Yeah. Quantum Man. And by the time this comes out, probably so will we have. Yeah. Quantumania. Um, Yeah, Quantumania. I saw it. I enjoyed it. Speaking as somebody who is pretty good at just enjoying movies without worrying too much about whether they're good or not not a pretentious elitist film snob like we sometimes pretend stop to be. looking at us when you're saying that gage <laughs> i want you to look in the you're other the only, corner the only ones here <laughs> yeah i uh i've just decided that it, it's more fun to enjoy things so i've decided to not worry so much but i think i figured out why it didn't do well okay okay one it went full-on comic book mode Cool. Okay. Um, probably some light spoilers moving forward here, but don't I don't really think care. anybody's too worried about it. But I mean, we're talking full comic book mode. Modok is in it. I am aware that Modok is in it. Who is Modok? Okay. Modok is a giant head robot with little tiny arms and legs. Um, I think in the comics, he's more like psychic powers telekinesis stuff okay this one they took a a little weirder approach a little more you know he's weirder he's a, than psychic telekinetic powers yeah okay yeah have either of you seen shark boy and lava girl mm-hmm. no yeah okay. actually multiple times nice he might seems a little bit familiar then 
Um, and I'll leave it at that. I'll, I'll leave the suspense for you guys. Interesting. But, um, yeah, he's a he's like Is a it like rob- George Lopez's character. <laughs> kinda. <laughs> okay, because I've seen a picture of him, and it kind of reminds me of the George Lopez character. Yeah, yeah. A okay. Bit. Um, so he's like a a robot biological hybrid killing machine, I guess. Interesting. Just super super weird comic booky. You're also got things like, uh, you know, some. Ants fell into a time paradox and evolved a thousand years in the space of a single day, and like all that kind of weird comic book shiganery, sh- shenaniganery. Okay, ants so, evolved. Yeah, I feel like a thousand years of ant evolution wouldn't really do anything. Yeah, <laughs> does it say a thousand years in the movie? Yep, they say a thousand. So years. they're ants. Yeah, great. Maybe with a little bit stronger exoskeletons yeah because humans have been the same for a thousand years maybe yep. we've been holding the ants back because <gasps> we keep killing them yeah no quit quit your quit with your uh fire ant stuff and just let them evolve but yeah so that's the thing is in the past marvel stuff has been if not grounded at least there's been enough like pseudo realism that you can explain stuff Mm-hmm. Thor forged his hammer by restarting a sun. Yeah. Like pim particles, they reduce the space between atoms or whatever and lets you shrink. Which, you know, upon further inspection doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right. With what how they use it. Right. Carried but, a tank in his pocket. Right. Yeah. Same number of mass same amount of mass, just smaller. And it's a keychain. Yeah. And you can yeah. carry it. Yeah. And so he's got super strength, confirmed. Yep. But now they've they've fully dispensed with like worrying about any of that and just gone full comic book mode where everything's just like quantum yada 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 space science. Oh, they're gonna that that's a death sentence yeah. for the franchise. Yeah. So <laughs> do you so, think do you think okay. that inherently that approach is not as well suited to the screen as to the page? Or could it be handled in a way that would make it work? I think if if it wasn't already in the context of an established like universe, mm-hmm. maybe. Like if they went in with that approach and just made a franchise that was mm-hmm. that didn't care about all that regular people stuff, sure. Then you'd be attracting the right kind of audience that would enjoy that kind of thing. Okay. So it's banking on your pre-established willingness to let go of reality for the movie for the franchise. Yeah, and they've been progressing in that direction they have for a been, while. With you know, time sure. travel and gems that. Power galaxies or some shit. I mean, Loki was pretty comic booky. Yeah, yeah. But I think they've gotten to the point now where they they're hoping that their audience has left the ground entirely mm-hmm. and is ready for that level of comic bookiness. And I don't think your standard Marvel fan, like movie fan, is is ready for that. Okay. Um. So I think that's why I didn't do well, like word of mouth or anything, because mm-hmm. you lost all the all the casual moviegoers that aren't ready for the super nerd stuff. Right. Um, on the other hand, so one thing I really enjoyed about it, we talked about it last week. Uh, I like a good mind melty weirdness type mm-hmm. of a movie. Sure. But your average moviegoer does not so much. Um, so this movie I've said it's, it has a really good balance of the villain is like sufficiently scary. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if he wins or gets out he is going to cause lots of problems it's going to be really really bad um so there's there is like a genuine fear of the villain built into the movie but they counter it with 
just like absurdism and wild humor a little bit. Huh. Okay. Um, Great. Does that counter well? Or does it feel like those are two different movies trying to share the same space? I feel like I enjoyed it. Okay. Because um, it wasn't just the abject terror of like Avengers Infinity War or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, you had what could have been potentially, you know, that caliber of villain or that type of fear. Mm-hmm. But it's not that we're, we haven't reached that culmination yet. Yeah. Right. Um, I suppose that's good as a proof of concept that Kane can work on that level as a terrifying villain. Yeah. 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 So I feel like that went well, um, but they're not ready for that type of emotional investment, I guess. they It's a light, fun, happy Ant-Man movie still. Mm-hmm. So then you get all this just like funny, weird humor and all the absurdity of just everything that's happening in the quantum realm anyway um, that I really like kind of the balance of. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, probably your average person might not like that so much or you're like movie critic might not right. like that so are much. Are you saying you're more sophisticated, Gage? <laughs> is that what you're saying? I think I am beautifully content. That is exactly okay, how yeah. I would describe you. That was, that was really, yeah. 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 That was good. Yeah. I, I retract my snark. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it worked well for me, but it was too much for your average moviegoer, and it wasn't enough for your average movie critic. Mm. And so that's why I think it didn't do well. All right. All right. Cool. Well, we'll... uh. Take Gage's opinion as gospel and pretend we saw it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Good. <laughs> like with, with how they handled all of the things. Yep. Uh, that is, that Boy, is, they yeah, did that. You, you sure nailed it, Gage. Way yep. to go. <laughs> Glad we saw it. Yep, we're definitely not pocketing that money and running. <laughs> <laughs> did you? So this is a weird digression. Did you hear about? Um, there was an artist who was commissioned by a gallery, I think, in Norway, to do a series of three uh, different artworks, three canvases. Um, and he did the first couple. He's like some sort of stupid postmodernist nonsense. Anyway, it sounds um, like the lead up to one of those really long jokes. It it's does. not. This isn't. This is a true story. <laughs> okay. Um, and the third one, he uh, they paid him. I think it was like high five figures for each canvas or something, or okay. for each artwork. It, it, like it was. A, it was a healthy amount of money. Mm-hmm. And the third one, um, he turned in a blank canvas titled "Take the Money and Run." and kind of the whole i guess that whole corner of the internet in particular sort of exploded into like this is also stupid on so many levels i like that it's fantastic i do it's also like maybe prosecutable as theft (laughs) or fraud he did deliver a product delivered a product no, he didn't. Yeah, he did. A canvas. <laughs> a canvas. That's what they gave him. Oh. They gave it back. Did they give him the canvas? I don't to know paint if it? they actually gave him the canvas. He provided his name to put on the blank canvas. So he provided a name. Yeah, like something. Do you say his name or like the name? Well, like, yeah, the name of the the quote unquote yeah, art yeah, piece. Okay, that's, yeah, that's but what also his name as an artist is yeah. on the yep. blank canvas now. Look, I feel like that's just as valid as some of the other bullshit that we see in modern art. Oh, yeah. No. Um, you just see like a, a, a it's like just a line. What was it like the blue line? It's just like a white canvas with a blue line across from it. Mm-hmm. No, there was a um. Uh, so I, I took a, a philosophy of art class in college um, and. Ew. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> it was I mean, it it actually in, improved my opinion of philosophy overall. Oh, good. 
right. So. Yay. Um, well, I take that back. Yeah. So we. Uh, originally, my opinion of philosophy was that it's 85% nonsense, 10% self-evident, and uh, 5% interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I revised that to 80% nonsense, uh, 10% self-evident, and 10% interesting. That's an improvement. <laughs> that is a, depending on which part you're looking at, 100% improvement. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway, uh, one of the pieces we discussed was a blank sheet of paper entitled A Thousand Hours of Staring. Hmm. Okay. I'm the sort of person that gets, uh, I was going to say irrationally angry, but it is a cold, rational anger at 433. Yeah, I was going to bring it up. I was waiting until you're done. I was going to be like, what about 433? Yep. Yeah. I, that does not count as music. Uh, if you're going to get on some snobby high horse about, oh, it's about provoking the reaction in the audience. And the fact that it's eliciting such anger from you means it's a work of powerful art. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Go look in the mirror and think about some choices right now. I want Matt to drop this, an F bomb. This sounds. <laughs> I'm, this I feel is, like that's. This is as close as I've got. I need you. I need to get you drunk and start talking to you about the F about four thirty three and be the one that's like. But it's like it's, you're getting like the muse, the audience to make the music. <laughs> the so the danger with that is it's probably more likely that I'll hurt you first. I'll take it. I'm a little I'm sibling. I'm not entirely joking. I'm a little. I'm a little sibling. I've been beat up so much. <laughs> I've got some. Sacrifice. I've got some seeds of anger inside of me, and that's one of those things that causes them to sprout. <laughs> oh man, good to know. Yeah, pocket that for a future diabolical scheme. Anytime there's ever like, and anytime the war starts, be like, hey, I got an idea. Give you a gun. <laughs> they like four thirty three. Yep. Sounds about right. Anyway, um, I hardcore digressed us there. Gage, any other yeah. thoughts on Quantumania? Uh, Quantumania? No, I think I covered all my all my thoughts. Okay. Right. Cool. Good. Anything else yeah. you've been up to? Uh, yeah, I am halfway through so many different things. Pick one you're most excited to keep working <laughs> through and tell us about it. Okay, let's see. Well, first, I did recently finish uh, season two of The Legend of Vox Machina. I would say it's just as good as the first oh, season. That's right. Uh, that's the Critical Role animated show based on their first cam- mm-hmm. D&D yep. campaign. That was fun. I don't have too much to say about it, but mm-hmm. nice. it, was, it was good. I'm excited for cool. them to do more. Wonderful. Was um, Matt Mercer in every episode three times? <laughs> you know, I didn't count the number of times, but he definitely mm-hmm. was in. Many I don't know, them. Matt. I I mean, you could probably piece it together. He's obviously the DM, right? And so, like, there's like a bunch of just like side characters that just show up that he voices. <laughs> just like some guy right. with a cart. He's like, "Hey, get off the street!" And then just like moves on. It's like, <laughs> it, and the character looks like him and stuff. Yeah, there's like, there's some good ones. There's a how do you want to do this? Oh like, hell yeah, in, yeah. Little Easter eggs. That's nice. Fun. Um, so that's good. I am nearly finished. I think with God of War. Nice. Um, Sweet. Which, nice, nice, nice. Again, fantastic game, great story, fun gameplay. I'll probably play the sequel at some point if it if I ever get it for free or on sale, because um, <laughs> that's about all I have time for. Yep. Um, that was really fun. And then Matt, yes, I've been playing Breath of the Wild. Oh, wonderful! Are you continuing to play Breath of the Wild? I am continuing to oh, pre- play Breath of the Wild. I'm not very far. That's okay. I'm not either. Yeah. I so we recently got a Switch, and I picked up a Pokemon game. Nice. Uh, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, I believe. Hey, that's the same one I've got. That's a good choice. 
And then my boss was like, hey, you got to switch. Let me loan you this Zelda <laughs> game because he, he loves that. And mm-hmm. and I haven't had a Nintendo like portable device since the Game Boy Advance SP back in the day. Yeah, Game Boy SP! Little so flippy good. thing! That's even uh, more so I know somebody me. in front of me on the plane this weekend uh, had one and was playing it. A red Game Boy Advance SP. Oh, Have I told you the Pokemon. garage sale story? No. Oh, man. I'm 27 now, and it even hurts more now. <laughs> so when my family was about to move, that was out of 2011, 2012, we put out a garage sale to get rid of a bunch of stuff before we moved. And my old Game Boy SP I put out there. Sure. Because uh, I wasn't playing in it anymore. Like, I had a mobile phone at that mm-hmm. Uh Yeah, I had a mobile phone at that point. So I was just like, I'm not playing the games anymore. I've got my e- Xbox. I've got my games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I put it out there. And then this kid, like, neighbor came through. And he was, like, maybe five years younger than me. Not really even that much younger than me. Sure. He walks up to the table, grabs one, and goes, Whoa! A Game Boy SP. I've heard of these, but I've never seen one. And I'm just like, how how do I feel old? I'm 16. <laughs> why do I why why did you make me feel old? Also, like it's not even like that out of date. Like I think the DS had just come out, sure, or something. Like I was just like, I that was the first time I've ever felt old, and it hurts. And now I continue to feel old with my back and my knees. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that kid. That was a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever you are, if you're listening to this and you are just like, oh, I did that once 10 years ago. Write then... us a five paragraph essay as way of apology. Justicelosersspot yeah. at gmail.com. And then, mm-hmm. I don't know if you bought that SP. If you did, give it back. I want my SP back. I want a Game Boy back. I still have my old Game Boy Advance and I still play it from time I, to time. I, I tell you about this a lot. I know. Me too. I, I think I'm going to try to find one and just get some old games. I think I yeah. lost my Pokemon Crystal cartridge, though, that I had oh, on no! the Game Boy Color. Yeah. yeah. That was great. Yeah. I had a Fire Red somewhere, but I kind of think my brother sold it behind my back when I left for college. Rude. Mm. I had a uh, Sapphire and Ruby because mm. sure. they're totally completely different games and you mm-hmm. should totally get both of them. <laughs> That's yeah. a wise wise use of money. <laughs> no, but one of them has Scyther and the other has Pinsir, and you got to be able to put them on two different Game Boys at the same time so you can trade back and forth. At least that's true in Fire Red Leaf Green. You know oh. what's really terrible? What? I had Sapphire on the Game Boy, and then one Christmas I got Ruby. But I didn't know that they were the two like compatible games mm-hmm. together. So I was like, oh no, I want to be able to trade so I can, you know evolve the two pokemon that do mm-hmm. that um so oh no so we took it to the store and exchanged it for a second sapphire game <laughs> oh 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 poor boy that it's is hilarious one of my great regrets oh my god that's amazing oh man you're so dumb yeah <laughs> yeah I played them both too. I, I mean, I did it. I did I have, the trading, and I'm sure I have so many of those. I was like, how the heck stores. do I get Soul Rock? And nope. Oh man, Brutal. yeah, that's rough. Although I guess you're right. I guess one of them had uh, Lodat and or whatever, like the tadpole, not tadpole, the lily pad leaf. Lotad, mm-hmm. Lotad, I think, I think and then yeah. like Sea Dot. Mm-hmm. Like those were original to each, and then you had the obviously the. 
Groudon and Kyogre. Right. So I guess they're, they're like, I mean, they're the same game. You just get different Pokemon. If you yeah. want to hundred percent the game, you got to get both. Yep. I, or you got to get all three because you got to get Rayquaza. Yeah. Well, I just, never had yeah. friends that like also yeah, played stop Pokemon. There. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just me alone playing with my imaginary pocket monsters. Yeah. So I didn't have people to trade with. So I had to do it. So. Oh, am I about to get on this dumb hill now? You know how, so there's the restaurant BJ's that's in yep. Oklahoma and it's kind of around as well. Uh, they have a thing called Pizookies. Oh, yeah. Which are pizza cookies. So they should be called Pizookies. Oh, mm-hmm. I never knew where that name came from. Should I, am I going to start calling it Pokemons or Pokemons because it's Pocket Monsters? Pocket Monsters. Like it should Pokemon. be called Pokemons. This is why you call it GIF, right? No, it's not why you call it GIF. I call it GIF because. <laughs> People say that the creator said it's pronounced Jif, and I will die on that hill. I disagree. I will fight everyone. I, I feel like I'm the last one alive on this hill, yep. but it is the correct hill. Jif is peanut butter. <laughs> oh my god! How my phones exist? <laughs> anyway. So Zelda. Zelda. Zelda oh Breath god. of the Wild. Yeah. Tangents. <laughs> so my, my point is that I stopped at the Game Boy. I never had a DS, and mm-hmm. so... I feel like there's this whole like element of pop culture that I've heard about, but never experienced. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it is fulfilling a little empty piece of myself that I finally get to play a, a Legend of Zelda game. Nice. Nice. It yeah. was fun. Did you, uh, do what he did and drop a exploding <laughs> barrel on his, on your own head? No, I'm sure, I'm sure I did at least once. <laughs> I've rained to death on myself in many forms. Yeah. Have you been struck by lightning yet? Oh yeah. Several times. Nice. I, I was stuck running around a thunderstorm and all of my weapons were metal at oh, that point. Sure. And there was a, like a guy chasing me and I was like, okay. Um, and then creative solution. I threw my sword toward the guy and lightning struck the sword and the guy at the same time. Oh. And I was like, Bravo. <laughs> that's incredible you can get struck by lightning if you have metal weapons in that game yeah. nope. that is a deep game yeah i didn't know at first so i just like the first time i got zapped i died and then i went back into the storm and then i like hit against a wall it's and it really worked actually yeah, no if you hide up against but, stuff it seems to seems to work yeah yeah how far along are you i let's see i guess have you gotten to the main kind of quest? I know you're off Tutorial Island. Yeah, so I jumped off Tutorial Island, and then um, there's the village that you're supposed to go to. Yep. And I have not quite gotten to the village yet. Okay, gotcha. I've been a little bit more focused. Um, also, I had mm. a an extra long plane ride. I'm True. already here to play a, a bunch more of it. But I have gotten to that village. Okay. And I was given some instructions and somebody else, I think that i'm supposed to find okay cool i'm nearly at the the next person sweet i've died to some big scary things that i didn't know how to and deal with Mm -hmm. Um, did you find the rock monster on tutorial island rock monster yeah you walk into a valley and the rocks wake up and attack you oh man i don't think so yeah well that makes me sad i found a giant like centaur except the human part had like a lion head and he shot ice arrows at me. Whoa, I haven't seen I that one I think I was yet. in an area that I wasn't supposed to be in. Probably. That was right. Probably. Yeah. But yeah, I'm having fun gathering ingredients, cooking little dishes and climbing mm-hmm. mountains. And it's an amazing amount of, of just cooking with mushroom simulator. It is. Uh, I believe Brian David Gilbert 
did an episode of Unraveled with cooking all of the Breath of the Wild recipes. Oh, really? And they're like all awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that. It's like these are the exact recipes, and it's like I cannot palate most of these. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he just takes some mushrooms and takes a raw drumstick and throws it into a pot and clinks it for around. ten seconds. Yeah, and so Brian David Gilbert does that and and eats it and is like, "This is awful." But did he get stamina from improve. the mostly raw drumstick? Maybe that's yeah. why he stopped doing Unraveled. Yeah, man, I really wish he could go back and do that. Anyway. What, what were you saying, Gage? Tangents. Oh, um, I've forgotten. You're cooking a lot of food and stuff. It's you're you're enjoying it. Yeah, I think. it's. I, I think mean, were, it's yeah. pretty fun. It's kind of a fun like art style game. Mm-hmm. It is. The controls are a little bit different from other similar games, and maybe that's just me getting used to the like the feel of the switch mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. which is different but so there's still definitely times where i like throw my sword instead of swinging it or oh yeah um, oh interesting you know try to try to dodge but forget which button is the dodge button and there's get, a dodge button there is oh you like block and hit serious? the jump yeah which is <laughs> it never told me that yeah you might you might learn that later at like a shrine or something i don't remember okay but uh, there's a block button yeah wow do you have a shield yet yeah oh okay yeah, block can... with a shield okay yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah, 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 yeah. yeah i can yeah. do that yeah yeah so that's still that's still taking some getting used to but overall pretty good game fun art style mm-hmm. some interesting lore i guess yeah um so far and yeah not nearly as good as hollow knight but pretty good agreed agreed hollow knight's like one of my favorite games of all it's time a, actually it's so. a masterpiece yeah that stupid area with the two platforms and the flying things that I it's can't get past. It's not even that hard. I don't know <laughs> why I'm stuck the, there. You're in your own head. You land on the platform and then, yeah. yeah. Well, it's like I can, like I land on the, pla- I can do the platforming thing, but it's like, it's that I died in there. And so I have the two things shooting shit at me. And then I also have my own ghost shooting shit at me and so, so like in the air i get hit by something because there's uh, three sure. things shooting at me and then if i make it to the end then there's like i've made it to the end twice and then there's like the more advanced platforming thing mm-hmm. that i died on and then there's a ghost there now attacking me so simple solution uh when you first drop down into that area there's some spikes on the wall just die against those spikes if your ghost's out there in the middle and oh you, don't want you know it to what i there. think the problem was is like I had so much. Uh, what I can't remember what the currency geo. is. Yeah, I may just have to consider that a loss at this point. Yeah, no, at some point, at some point, yeah. I mean, Geo will stack back up. Yeah, yeah. that's true. But I, I think mean, that I now that you mentioned that, like, yeah. just that easy solution, I would have come up with that solution if I didn't have like an actual purchasable amount of like a geo <laughs> yeah. sitting in that ghost. And then like, you can't go back up. You can't, you have to get right. through that area. I think that, I think that's why I got stuck because I was so attached to that amount of geo. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, no, you can't be by, right. by end game. You will have just too much. Gotcha. I think by the time I got to the last, there's a couple of really big ticket items you can get uh-huh. at one point. Um, and by the time I got to those, I had like 38,000 geo. Oh, okay. So, all right. Maybe I'll uh, pick it back up after Ghost of Tsushima. There you go. Should. I think that's pretty much all of the important things I've been up to. I'm halfway through, like, have either of you watched Sandman? That's no. on my list. High on okay. my list. I'm I'm halfway through that, and it is pretty fun. It's, it's pretty good. Uh, again, just kind of, it's got just the right amount of absurdity for to hit my specific taste. Mm-hmm. Nice. 
Catherine and I are halfway through the National Treasure show. Oh, is that any good? God, that's happening. It's fine. It's okay. It's better than I expected it to be, honestly. All right, I, do, I should probably watch that with Anna. So it's kind of fun. It's a it's a good easy watch, casual right. watch. But yeah, I think that's about pretty much everything. All right, cool. Hey, anything you want to talk about before Last of Us? I uh, finished the Remembrance of Earth's Past trilogy. Mere hours ago. That's the one that it gets wild, right? It's about oh, yeah. aliens or something. Oh yeah, All it right. gets real wild. All right, <laughs> boy. Last let time, me tell you. Last time we talked, where were you? Uh, I was about a third of the way through the third book. Okay. Which is a hefty 600 pager. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. So I just finished the third book actually this afternoon. One of my lessons canceled last minute and it was a virtual one. So I was at home and it's like, all right, I'll truck through the last 50 pages. All right. Yeah. No, it gets nuts. Um, okay. Yeah. Just like wild sci-fi concepts left and right. Um, pocket universes and mm-hmm. oh dimensions collapsing into each other God. and like it explains it, it comes up with a completely wild theory for why the speed of light is what it is <laughs> um, <laughs> and just like <laughs> totally nuts the ending it kind of does a good place kind of thing where it sets up a solution and then sets up an obstacle to that solution and then sets up a solution and sets up an obstacle to that solution like in rapid succession over the last hundred pages or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all really interesting creative sci-fi stuff. So I'm kind of there for it. All right. Um, it's also largely character driven at that point. The first book is pretty good at being sort of character driven and sort of energy with like the, there's some mystery and um, just kind of getting lost in the, uh, imagination of the world but it's it's fairly grounded mm-hmm. um the second one is i think a little more disconnected because you get a lot of different characters in their own little philosophical perspectives um, and then it sort of ramps up at the end and it's just like big sci-fi action high concept cool stuff mm-hmm. um and then the third one i think narrows the focus again and so it's more character focused but it places the characters in a much more sci-fi world um and lets them just sort of explore and think about interesting sort of universal moral questions in a just completely wacky space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you get to sympathize with these characters a little more and sort of live with them and sit with them and think about their perspective and why they're making the decisions they're making gotcha. as a human being, but also sort of as a avatar for the entire human race. All right. So, cool. yeah, no, nice. it's, uh, I think you Preston would really enjoy it. Does um, the, if you look, think back to like the beginning of the first book, mm-hmm. do you see where you get from point A to point Z? Or if you like looked at not the, even slightly, okay, it feels like a <laughs> does it feel like a different franchise by the end of the no. book? No. <laughs> 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 um, so I, I've explained the beginning. There's like a little bit of prehistory from mm-hmm. Cultural Revolution in China, and then it just cuts to modern day, and it's recognizable as modern day with some very mild soft sci-fi additions in some places okay and then by the end it's like all right too much mass has left the universe this is a problem we need everyone to get back in the universe please jesus (laughs) that is no spoilers an actual plot point (laughs) it's a small one (laughs) all right sort of some drugs consumed by that man probably i don't think so i think he's just like because it it doesn't read like drugged fantasy it reads like highly speculative science 
science fiction. Mm. It does not feel like the second half of Dune or anything like that. <laughs> it is like everything is rigidly tied to very pop sci level concepts, mm-hmm. but just wonderfully creatively explained. All right. Cool. So nice. Yeah. No, it, it is a one. It's a, it's an amazing trilogy on so many levels and I'm going to seek out a bunch more stuff that this guy's written because he's apparently pretty prolific. All right. Give us the name of the trilogy one more time. Uh, Remembrance of Earth's Past starts with the three body problem. Okay. Um, and then Dark Forest and then Death's End. Googling so, it really quick. So it's in my search history. Put that mm-hmm. on my Amen. wish list. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't know about your reading tastes titans. at all, Gage, but this is uh, it's really like good. I'd be into. Yeah. No, it's incredible. Cool. Really, really cool. Got it. Cool. All right. Anything else? Uh, well, we watched Dracula Untold. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. So That's good. A, That's amazing. You watched that movie yesterday and you forgot about it already. Oh, it is such a forgettable movie, except for <laughs> the Bat Fist. The Bat, Bat Fist, Fist is pretty awesome. I was okay. So yeah, uh, at the at my bachelor party, we we were just I just popped up Netflix and we were just kind of look, looking around. And I was like, you know, I'm feeling we should watch a bad movie because like we had a lot of film pe- people who enjoy film mm-hmm. in that group. So we we're just like, let's find a bad movie. And we we're scrolling through and Dracula Untold. So I was like, up oh, that that one. Uh, two minutes later, I remembered Hellboy ni- 2019 was on HBO Max. I kind of hmm. wish we'd done that one because I haven't seen it since. Yeah. Uh, good old was Gutentag mean, but Gutentag uh, or Gutentag. Uh and I figure that would have been the time to do it. I'm like saving it for the right time to watch it again. Yeah. Uh, but we watched it. Uh, You'd seen it before, right? I'd seen it before. When I watched it the first time, like when I had seen it forever ago, I liked it. And then I watched it years later and I hated it. Like I saw why it was bad. Yeah. Because I saw it in the theaters. But also, barring the unnecessary amount of exposition at the beginning of that movie mm-hmm. like it's like exposition a little bit of stuff and then exposition and it's like they blitz through a lot of stuff real quick to get you yeah. to where you are not an awful movie like the first two acts are like okay mm-hmm. but yeah. then like the last act you get like the bat fist and then like his wife falls 70,000 stories onto <laughs> i guess just suddenly flat earth even yep. though it's a mountain and is still talking and in one piece like it's just mm-hmm. it, yep. it feels like um wasn't the amazing spider-man 2 also 2014 was it i think it was amazing spider-man was 2011 2012 it was I'm not 100 percent sure on that i have all the world's information at my fingertips that's true gage seems to be out. going for all the world's information <laughs> right now for he's it. reaching for uh, it yeah honestly like like luke evans is He's a good actor, and yeah. it's definitely him trying. It's him, Ewan McGregoring, <laughs> like a George Lucas script. Like it's yeah. a bad script, and he's yeah. like doing what he can. Yeah, no, he's he's pretty compelling. Um, I think the movie suffers from a couple of flaws in pacing. Pacing where we paused it with half an hour left, and I was like, oh, I thought they were just getting started. Yeah um the very much the dark phoenix trajectory yeah and i felt like it had a big problem that uh the titular dracula had no real arc to speak of it was i want to kill i want to beat everyone 
Yeah, he kind of he he made his choice ten minutes into the movie, and then the rest of that was just kind of the same thing over and over again. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's kind of fun. Like yeah, it, yeah. It, you know it's sort of it goes for the gritty reboot, but also there's a bat fist. There's a it's a so it's like, a bat fist. Like how like, gritty can you get? It was so funny too because like I for, I had forgotten about the bat fist, and then when it was like the that that big final battle started, I was like. <gasps> the bat fist and everyone in the room was like what and i'm like just wait <laughs> like i just it's such a, a visceral memory for me that i was like that man just punched the ground with a bunch of bats yeah okay <laughs> no there was there's honestly a fair bit of stuff in that final battle that i liked the just the the edit on um him i guess we're spoiling dracula untold that's yeah. been out for nine-year-old movie that nine literally years. no one cares 14 amazing spider-man 2 also 2014 there you go hey the the editing where it's you know it's him and uh melina and they're kind of they're going back and forth and they're doing their stupid dialogue to each other and she's perfectly intact not a eyelash askance despite having fallen seventy thousand stories to her death already <laughs> um and then it just cuts in a shot of charles dance's character from behind and then it cuts back to them and it cuts in one more of Charles Dance's character's hand and cuts back to them. And it would have been really easy for them to drop in a him doing like a full on emperor. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Let the hate flow through you. That kind of thing. But just those little cutaways. It kind of it reminds you of the rules. It reminds you of the stakes. Um, and it also sort of builds up the anticipation for the moment you kind of know is coming. Mm hmm. Um, and I thought that was actually really effectively done. Okay. There were a couple other moments like Carter really liked the, um, a sword gets stabbed into a guy and then we sort of snorry cam the reflection in the sword and see Dracula in the background murdering yeah. some dudes as it lands, which was, you know, I mean, it was CGI, but it was I kind liked of, it was Andy's, a fun trick. I liked Andy's take on it where I was like, that's an interesting idea, poorly executed. Yeah. And I think that's what like Carter Carter tends to like notice the interesting ideas. Yeah. So he was like, yeah. And then Andy tends to notice the execution. And yep. he's like, nah. And I'm like, I love that pair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was I it it is a not good movie that suffers from some pretty pretty serious fundamental flaws that I think undermine it as a whole. But there were a lot of moments that I enjoyed and appreciated. Um I think it was a movie that people involved in the making of did care about and were trying to do well i think there are too many i mean you said it reminds you of the rules i think there are too many rules that are not ever explained and or are broken even though they are yeah. explained no, overall it's just it's a bad script is the, yeah. the big thing holding it back yep it's like they got too excited about all the things that they could have possibly done with yeah the thing because like, this was intended to be the first movie of the dark of the monsters universe yep but nope. And then it did badly. And they're like, ah, you know what will make this better? Tom Cruise versus the mummy or yep. Tom Cruise is the mummy. I don't know. I didn't watch that. Movie. I haven't seen it either. And then that one came in at like a whopping 21 on Metacritic or something. I do think a monster universe could be kind of cool. Oh, it'd be awesome. They just need they just... to wait a, a little bit. And also, I don't know. Be good about it. <laughs> Invisible man was great. Yeah. It was a legitimately awesome movie, but that's not a monster. That's a guy, that's a psychopath with a sci-fi suit. Yeah. So? Well, I guess, like, if we could find a way to make all of them psychopaths with sci-fi, that would be kind of a, like, all of them are, like, an interesting take on, like, the monsters. The, ground, the gritty reboot of the monsters. Yeah. But, like, like the gritty modern reboot. That's like, what the world needs. 
You still haven't seen uh, the Netflix Dracula show, no, have you? No, I haven't. You gotta check that out. Have you seen that yet? I don't think so. Gotta check that out. Just, I think that one just... made absolutely no cultural impact whatsoever, so I only remember it exists when you bring it up. Mm-hmm. I genuinely like it. Okay. I think I think people need to take a look. Because it didn't, like... I think it didn't make a cultural impact, because they just kind of made it, and they're like, eh, you know, here's the thing. And Netflix didn't push it. Like, yeah. that's the problem with Netflix, is Netflix just, like... <laughs> Shits out a bunch of movies, and you only really hear from it when Sandra Bullock stars in it. That was Bird Box, wasn't oh, it? Oh, forgot about that. See, one. like I like you only really hear about the Netflix things when you have a big star in it. Yeah. But like that, the, the Dracula thing didn't have a big star in it. But I what, really Cleese Bang isn't a big star, huh? Cleese Bang isn't a big star. I don't really know how to say his name. I didn't know he is he a big star. No. Oh, exactly. He was in the Square. Directed by Ruben Ostland, who was nominated for an Oscar for Best Picture and Best Director. So this he's year. what three or, or something like that? <laughs> three degrees <laughs> of separation from an award. Uh, I think I, that's the thing. It's like that's the thing with the Netflix stuff. Is there's just there's so much of it. Yeah. There's hidden gems. I genuinely think that the Dracula show is a hidden gem. Okay. Check I'll, it out. I'll take that under advice. We've all three read the book. You have <laughs> yep. the understanding of what that character's like. I feel like it's a decent interpretation of modernizing it and taking it to another uh, to like an, an an evolution of the character. Okay, I I have an interesting question for you. Well, I have a it's interesting answer. Me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is there too much good stuff now? Hot take. Is there too much good stuff? Because I know we get a lot of traction out of bemoaning the death of pop culture and all that kind of stuff, but there are dozens of good movies that come out every year that I am excited about and you know, want to see and just don't have the time or energy to watch all all of them. I don't No, I I don't think there's too much good stuff. I think there's this is coming from someone who gets this experience all the time. I think there's too much weight or clout on having seen all of the good stuff. Mm. When you're like, "Oh, I haven't seen like everything ever all at once." Like so there's a lot of people who will like they don't intentionally do it, but they're like the reaction is an element of shaming you for not having seen the good thing. Mm. Uh, also, good is entirely subjective. Don't start. Don't start. I will throw this at you. <laughs> like everyone, like every there can be maybe good is okay. Here we go. Good can be objective. Whatever. I'm not gonna get into that. Enjoyable can be subjective. Okay. And I think that's the thing is like there can be too much. There's not going to be too much good stuff. And there's not going to be too much enjoyable stuff. But everyone ha- enjoys different things. You like the brain melty fun stuff. Uh-huh. We may not. I don't know. I made. I may totally won't. dig the brain melty stuff. I enjoyed the brain melty stuff of the everything everywhere all at once. So that's true. I may dig uh, quantum mania, but it's just like I don't think there's too much good stuff. I think society needs to ease off on other people about what they've seen. Mm-hmm. Cause then it just makes it more of just like, yeah, like, I mean, there's book like books. Mm -hmm. There's like the ones that have like, you know, at this point, if you like to read a lot of books, but you haven't read something like Lord of the Rings, like, you know, maybe get on that. But like everyone everywhere all at once should be reading Lord of the Rings. (laughs) But also like, I mean, Kaylin's not going to read Lord of the Rings because that's like not her book that she likes to read. Mm. And so like, it's just. Movies are becoming like books. I don't where think you can just... marry that woman. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> uh, movies are becoming like books where it's not easy, but like there's just so much of it coming out mm-hmm. that people just need to start living in their nook and their niches now. Like don't okay. see all of the good movies okay. kind of find what you find enjoyable and like kind of stick to that Avenue and be like, 
I'm going to watch only things that remind me of Yorgos Lanthimosi script. If and then you, I'm going to watch Marvel professional stuff. help. And like, <laughs> and like people like going, Oh, uh, this is a really good movie. I think you're going to like it. It's by Yorgos Lanthimos to somebody who really only likes H2O or what's the, yeah. Uh, yeah H2O, the, the great Australian, show. like, just I don't know. It's just find your niche and you watch what you like, just like books. I think movies are reaching what books do now. Okay, that's my take. All right, that was actually really comforting because having finished the Remembrance of Earth's Past trilogy, I put that put that up on my uh, concerningly tall steel, uh, stack of books on top of my bookshelf that I've finished. <laughs> um, like it's legitimately getting reasonably close to the ceiling. um uh which means i get to start a new stack on my nightstand that i get to start working through and i got a good like eight to ten books that i'm pretty excited about um the new tolkien translate or i say new the the tolkien translation of beowulf my parents got me that for my birthday nice Ooh, ooh, hype for that one (laughs) yeah all the pretty horses is in there um silence um upon which the martin scorsese movie from a few years ago in there mm-hmm. based um that was the wrong order for those words but we can live with it um but i had a momentary flare-up of anxiety when i was putting that sh- that stack together because i was like i mean this is 10 books i probably have 150 books that i haven't read that i actively would really like to read on my shelf and putting these 10 on my shelf each one sparked like okay well there's three or more three or four more that this reminds me of or if i mm-hmm. read this mm-hmm. i'll need to read also these ones and it was just it was a brief moment of kind of overwhelming decision paralysis like where am i going to turn next yeah i think the thing okay actually here's here's, i'll add another element to this okay i think the big thing with movies that need to ease up on is the release spectacle okay this movie came out this year i need to watch it Mm, sure you don't really do that with books unless unless you were actively following the franchise right literally only game of thrones fans are waiting for that book and watching for that book but, and literally only Boy, James we? Patterson readers are waiting for the next James Patterson book. Patrick Rothfuss, like I'm waiting for you. Patrick Rothfuss, Come thank on, you. Man. The only person who... Uh, <laughs> last namesake. Uh, not uh, namesake, last names, uh, same name. But it's like, it's the it's the this year, it's the award, it's the Oscars of like, this is this year's. I need to mm-hmm. rush and watch all the ones that are this year. But who cares if you wait seven years before you watch the movie? Like I, I heard a good take once. I think this was old cracked.com um made the argument that what you should do is you should do the oscars on a five-year delay interesting so you give movies a time to um sort of settle into their cultural impact Mm -hmm. and their niche and um so something like like the 2004 best picture winner or something is something i have never heard of before (laughs) like what was it uh man 2004 i don't know if it's 2004 but it's like it was like an award that you were like, yeah, they won Best Picture this year. I'm like, I've never heard of that movie in my life. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. Hmm. Good for me. Um, I'm going to look up well, Best Pictures for forever. Yeah. So if you find the one from 2004, it'll say Return of the King because that came out in 2003. But Oh, was that? Okay. Um, Awful example. Yeah. The movie that came out in 2004 <laughs> that won the Oscar in 2005 for Best Picture was... Downstairs? Crash. Crash. I 2005. Forgot I forgot that movie existed. Yep. Never saw it. What what is that movie? <laughs> it's uh it's one of those multiple different timelines all intersect in one place 
kind of movie everywhere all at once the academy loves driving miss daisy never heard of it you've never heard of driving miss daisy nope morgan freeman and a sassy old southern lady become friends oh isn't that kind of green book yeah uh, (laughs) also best picture replaced yeah so like also kind of the same um that was 1991 Mm. and that was sort of the safe move for an academy that was wanting to appear more racially tolerant or progressive gotcha um when the real best picture of the year was do the right thing which was a much more transgressive racially motivated or um race themed movie gotcha in the same year do the white Uh, thing which do the do the right thing Do the white thing which no wasn't that a joke that was made this year probably at like the oscars i I know you'll do the white thing that sounds like an oscar i I think that's an i know i think that might be an audrey plaza thing uh i think that was like at the mm -hmm. like film uh film independent (laughs) spirit awards something Um, yeah but green book did the exact same thing uh black klansman was a much better but more transgressive right movie Hmm. around similar themes sort of in the sense that race is a whole theme unto itself i guess anyway Um, that's my take i'll present a counterpoint a little bit to your take okay um so pop culture is the the popular culture that people are talking about Mm -hmm. part of the thrill of watching a movie when it comes out is that everybody else has also watched that movie when it comes out? Everywhere, everyone, all at once. <clears throat> exactly. So, is there an element of if you watch a movie five years after it's released, when all the hype has died down, then you kind of you watch the movie and you experience it kind of in your own little void. But if you watch it when it comes out, then you're part of like the larger culture of everybody talking about it. You can talk to your friends and everybody else about well, that topical okay okay i like event. i like your counterpoint because um then if we have too many things coming out it all gets i'm bringing this one back subsumed into the general cultural noise scape and it all gets lost in the shuffle you don't you don't know where to turn there's it's just something blips up for a week and then is gone sure well i mean yeah like you get so when we talk about all of the movies that are coming out all the time there's like at least four movies dropped a week sure you get the big ones that are currently the marvel I think it's movies probably more like 40 i'll say four movies above a certain threshold of budget <laughs> okay but okay four okay fine let, let's say let's go with all of the things coming out there mm-hmm. are 40 movies dropped a week sure mm-hmm. and you get the marvel ones that are dropped and that's like something that exists forever yeah. that's what happened when harry potter was releasing a really really popular series dropping books regularly that people pay attention to well mm-hmm. uh, Game of Thrones is like that. So, like, when Game of Thrones, the new book, gets released, there will be this, like, cultural, like, oh, everyone read it all at once. Go to the midnight release parties. Also, there are so many good books being released regularly, and people read them, and you have the people who are in these little niches. Cormac McCarthy came out with two new books last year. That name came out with (laughs) number of books last year. The author of No Country for Old Men and The Road? I didn't know his name. Okay. Uh, but like, I mean, you take all, all the other movies and like when tar came out, like you mm-hmm. were excited about it. Yeah. I was really only excited cause you were excited about it. And yeah. I was like, eh, you know, I'll just follow him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there are some people who are excited about that and that's a really good movie sure. and like you can talk about it, but like the rest of the world doesn't pay attention to it. So I think when you're talking about like, are there too many good movies? 
you kind of have to take the outliers of the huge blockbusters out. Sure. Um, yeah. Just because those are like, like we're in the in the height of film right now. Yeah. I don't know when the height of book was because books have been <laughs> books for literally <laughs> since humans could write. We're we're actually doing pretty good as far as books are concerned right now. The the younger generations are reading a fair bit. Yeah. A lot of a lot of authors have a lot of reach. Um, the fact that there's. John Green is one that when he drops a new one, people lose their mind. Yeah. The fact that there's social media and um, just so many avenues now mean that you get a lot more diverse voices and Mm -hmm. just, you know, if someone is out there with a compelling story to tell and an effective technique for telling it, they'll find a way. Yeah. I I think it's just, I think we're starting to see the end of that, like, uh, oversaturation of good movies because the level of saturate the limit of saturation is sort of dissolving itself mm-hmm. you know like i you could you get the cultural phenomenons of everything ever all at once where like so many people see it and like right. you kind of want to like avoid spoilers and stuff and like the marvel movies you want to avoid spoilers but then you have the other like awesome movies like all quiet on the western front uh god uh lock is an amazing movie that really didn't get a whole bunch of everyone talking about it. But like, and so like, you're not really going to get spoiled, but like go watch lock. Like just, I don't know. It came out how many years ago? 10, 10 years ago. Go see lock. Like that just, and then movies that come out this year and 10 years. That's a good movie. I found go watch that movie. Yeah. Like, I think, I think we just generally with, if it weren't for the Oscars, literally just like or like the yearly awards Mm -hmm. the entire world would stop caring about movies that dropped that year and would start to kind of like settle into this discovery of movies whether they came out this year or 10 years ago or casablanca (laughs) like (laughs) with the obvious exception of the eight or nine big franchise with a a huge blockbusters yeah 80 or 90 at this point good talk i feel like we should not try to do last of us right now (laughs) <laughs> we're at two hours and 12 minutes that's how water boils uh except we're going to talk about ant-man next time we're on that's true that's true but also with gauge here we can't do spoilers on that let's do give me five sentences okay five sentences the last of us let me preempt this with the caveat that i have not played the video game i know very little about the video game that's, that's not, one sentence. That's not part of my five <laughs> sentences. <laughs> Do the Dungeons and Dragons thing. That's not one of my five sentences. <laughs> Two. <laughs> um, the The Last of Us is a show which I really, really liked, but did not love. Interesting. I think you described it to me as what The Walking Dead wanted to be. And I understand that completely uh, in the sense that it's from a from a technical standpoint and a writing standpoint and a performance st- st- uh, standpoint, basically an optimization of the genre, but it also suffers from the inherent limitations of the genre. I forgot that Matt is really good at contractions. <laughs> so, so he has really long sentences. Verbal semicolon. And thus, <laughs> thenceforth. <laughs> All right, that's, that's two. Um... I mean, if you can get your thoughts out in less than five sentences, then that's impressive and go for it. Well, let, me, let me see what I can do. Um, let's see. I think the most effective part of the show was the the characters and the acting. Uh, semicolon. It is a very character-driven show. And Grammar shortcuts. <laughs> is driven by the... Not even the 
well, I mean, yeah, the performances of Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal, um, but also the sort of the relationship they form and the psychological role that they start to play in each other's lives, uh, which comes back full circle in the ending uh, in a way that colored it like maybe I'm not supposed to take it, which is a little vague and non-spoilery. And concerning in the way I interpreted it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sentence the fourth. I really hope it's not a sexual thing. No. Okay. No. Relieved. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really hope you didn't interpret it that way. No. Um, four. I think there was a lot of care and craftsmanship that went into many aspects of the show. Uh, some examples being colon. There were multiple moments where I had sort of an intrusive cinema sins-esque thought, like along the lines of doesn't gasoline degrade over time? Why are they getting gasoline out yeah. of old cars? Which was then immediately explained by a line in the show. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. That is true. They did do that. Uh semicolon. Um Stop. <laughs> <laughs> this is all one this is a real sentence. That was a that was just a little parenthetical sidebar that, that you're experiencing right at this very moment. The the um the way the performances are structured, I, I really appreciate it. And this again goes back to something with the ending uh, in dialogue. They cue you to certain nonverbal things that a character does uh, and set that up. I think in a way that builds towards something right at the very ending, which is highly effective. If you're paying attention, it's a very rewarding show in that sense. Mm -hmm. uh, and five, I feel like next time I should stick it to like a certain number of things you liked and a certain number of things you didn't like five. <laughs> You're allowed this many um, syllables. <laughs> I, for, I forgot which socks I wanted to wear, but I, I had, I have, I have a pair of mushroom socks, which I really like, which I wanted to wear. Cause I was rooting for the mushrooms the whole time. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. You get five sentences. God, I don't know. I'm not gonna be able to count. And I'm awful at keeping sentences. My, my sentences are more diverse in length and complexity. Uh, I appreciate that it's not too often that you can visualize the writing on the page as somebody talks. Yeah. That was a, a unique experience. You're like <laughs> captioning it in your head. <laughs> I can see the closed captions. Uh, I'll just keep it short. I absolutely loved the writing and the, and the, uh, the acting. It comes from the game, which it mm -hmm. doesn't like it, that helps like it's it's a pre-established well-written story and so i think the show had a lot more ability to like tweak and fine-tune my point about what what the what i think it's what the walking dead wanted to be is this is 20 years after the infection but that's not what the walking dead is the walking dead is very soon after the infection so zombies right. are the primary threat at the beginning right this is long after they have figured out zombies mm -hmm. all the way and it's the humans that are the threat yep. and every episode is basically its own little like microcosm of the world so you mm -hmm. have an exploration of personality in this world mm -hmm. and it draws a through line that ends in the last exchange of dialogue showing you that everything that they have just shown you with all of these humans exists in every human yep. despite what you know about them uh, and I think that's like a really powerful thing. And also I love that this is the happy season and it only gets worse from here. <laughs> mm. 
it's just I'm I'm in love with the show. It's I also love that it is based in real science. A little bit of like you know science on a bit of a steroids. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's but like they take fudged and smudged. But they take A, B, and C, or like they take one, or two, and two, and they do equal four. Mm-hmm. But like under that universe's logic, yeah, under that universe's logic, and like it, they basically highlight the real world logic as well, mm-hmm. and kind of like hide the fictional logic that plays into it, but like right. they make it feel so much more real. The, there are two episodes that start with like a cold open flashback to scientists in mm-hmm. one context or another, which are phenomenal yeah. and explains answer all of these little questions that you might have mm-hmm. and set you up for some thematic threads yep. just in like basically plain basic. Here's a scientist doing science things Yep, or, going on a talk show it's great it's the last of us it seems so sad it is i don't want to feel my feelings that hard but it's also so good (laughs) it's quite good all right all right shoust we yeah i think we probably better shoust unless gage has anything else to contribute i think that sounds pretty good all right we shoust you want to take it again or should i uh you go this time all right <laughs> it'll be cleaner thanks everyone for listening you can find us on spotify itunes iheart radio podbean and wherever other fine podcasts are sold check us out on tiktok that's the big one that's where we actually exist that's at just us losers pod we also of course have technically a facebook and a twitter at just us losers pod and an instagram at just us losers pod and we do have a gmail which we will respond to and react to your emails that's just us losers pod at gmail.com last of us bionicle theories crossover go five paragraph essays only that's enough inside jokes for that i think uh big thanks to gage for being on thanks for having me pleasure pleasure as always um, behind the microphone instead of above it. it all again yes yep. man behind the curtain At double speed get to listen to your own voice for well i mean roughly two and a half hours of raw footage which or uh, audiage audiage I, I don't listen to my own voice enough, so I think this would be good for me. Okay, that'd be, sounds good. It will be enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, by the end, I will just Speaking as the stop ones talking. who edited for the first like half of this show, <laughs> a little bit is enough. We're approaching episode 300, which we will mark... nothing special planned! Which will mark the point at which I've been editing for half of the true, lifespan sir. of the oh, podcast. Yeah. Not pretty really. Cool. Pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, no. Uh, continual ongoing thanks to Gage for the wonderful work he does editing our nonsense into slightly more, more coherent and palatable nonsense. But I mean, we're not given much to work with, so we're you know. Double your pay. <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah. So uh, look forward to not next week, but the week after when we talk about Ant Man: Quantum Mania. It's our responsibility now to see that. We're going to carry it through. I think that's everything, right? Probably. You know better than <laughs> I, I would. So. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.